0: you're listening to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama and it is an honor to be presenting you the world's exclusive mental health and leadership show. Now, today is a very, very, very special day because we have Dr. Nicole LaPera, on the show with us who is the most most followed psychologist in the world on Instagram and I have been a personal fan of hers for years and it is just if I were to say you know I'm overwhelmed that would be an understatement because what her message you know meant to me changed my life and I just want to really shout out the fact is you know i'm a 24 year old that started a podcast one year ago and never in my wildest dreams did i imagine to have a guest that i consider you know an a-type celebrity for what i grew up dreaming of you know doing which is empowering people and sharing a message to improve their mental health and well-being and to live happier so I really don't know how to introduce Dr. Nicole in a better way, but here's a little bit about her biography. So Dr. Nicole Napera was trained in clinical psychology at Cornell University and the New School for Social Research. She also studied at the Philadelphia School of Psychoanalysis. As a clinical psychologist in private practice. Dr. Nicole Lepera often found herself frustrated by the limitations of traditional psychotherapy. Wanting more for her clients and for herself, she began a journey to develop a united philosophy of mental health, physical and spiritual health that equips people with the tools necessary to heal themselves. She is the creator of the self healers movement where people from around the world are joining together in a community to take healing into their own hands. Her first book, How To Do The Work is currently in pre-order with a release date of March, 2021. It is an honor to also say that the music on this show is brought to you by my best friend, Ash, who has over 500 million streams across all digital platforms. And he is the most um, streamed, independent electronic artist in the Arab world. That's the Middle East and North Africa region. So shout out to Ash. You can listen to his music everywhere on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you listen to your music. So without further ado, I am beyond honor to be able to introduce the one and only, the holistic psychologist, exclusively on Empathy Always Wins, Dr. Nicole LaPera. Dr. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. It is an honor to have you. I don't know if this is the first time you're on a Middle Eastern sort of base show, but it is, you have a lot of fans here. And I think that your page has changed a lot of perspectives, you know, as as myself, I'm a mental health speaker, but many professionals look up to how you've revolutionized the way professionals use social media. But that's a whole nother conversation. I'd like to take our conversation today around what you're known for, self-healing and basically your notion around the, the, the alternative approach to psychology. Um, could you please like just... Let's jump in. Who is Dr. Nicole, first of all, and 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 what really inspired you to, to, to sort of start that journey?
1: Absolutely. And Ali, thank you so much for having me here, having this conversation and exposing um, your part of the world. I actually had a lot of clients um, that I would see from the Middle East, and it was very interesting because there were so many hoops. I mean, talk about access from even how to provide payment for my services with yeah. credit card shut down. And and so access um, comes to mind. And I talk about that a lot yeah. um, because what I do is, you know, I share tools of healing, self-healing. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, in a way that I hope to really increase access. Um, so thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, definitely in a community that, that I believe we all need it quite collectively and universally. Though I know, like I said, that it, a lot of people um, are really limited in their access. So thank you for, for being such a forefront and getting this message out there. Um, so I came by my own path um, of self healing, really by my own journey in healing. Um, I'm someone for as long as I can remember, uh, was plagued, um, as I think a lot of us use that word very appropriately, um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. when we experience anxiety. I mean, yeah. for as long as I can remember, I was a little girl scared of the world. Um, it didn't go away as I got bigger and older and, you know, was able to, as one would think, manage the world. Um, it was just always there for me. Um, I think intuitively, like a lot of people in my profession, you know, we are the the wounded healer. So before long, you would have heard, you know, teenage Nicole proclaiming that she was going to be a psychologist. <laughs> um, mainly, honestly, uh, I think about this a lot. Like, was I, was I drawn into the field to heal others, you know, to be um, the healer? I think I was drawn into the field from a point of curiosity. I was so fascinated with how I was alike and mainly more so dissimilar, not alike (laughs) other people in my world that I think my, my driving passion for psychology was from that point. I want to understand why are people alike me and why are people different than me? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so a very long story. Um, I, as per my anxiety, I did the route. I think that a lot of us do. I was in all of the therapies I was in. Couch therapy, talk therapy, I was on medication. Um, By that point in my journey, very thankfully, I had acquired the license to become the practicing um, (laughs) clinical psychologist in the room. I opened up the practice. Uh, And several years in, if I'm really being honest with myself, I was starting to feel quite the opposite of of what you're all about. I I was starting to feel, Allie, really disempowered. Not only because I was still really struggling in my own life, Um, having all the tools, still not able to create change with the tools. Mm -hmm. And then I saw those same patterns in my Mm -hmm. clients week after week, incredible insight year after year, Mm -hmm. I would be working with these humans who seemed to understand why they weren't living the life that was fulfilling to them in whatever way, um, Mm -hmm. yet not able to create change. So through my own journey, I really understood Um, we were only, we were limiting ourselves by the way we were understanding the human, and then obviously the struggling human, the people I would be working with. Mm. Um, so holistic became number one. I started to really think in terms of, okay, what does make us human? Um, and I really started to uncover uh, parts of, of us, imbalances, balances in our bodies in our minds and our souls mm. that I believe at least were contributing to that word, that stuckness mm. um, that was keeping us really detached and unfulfilled in a lot of areas. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of self-discovery from what I'm hearing. There's a lot of self-awareness, and I think that there is a lot of uh, unst- yani getting unstuck from from where you are at. And I think that I'm picking up a lot of uh, you know uh, self-compassion as well in being able to overcome that journey. Let's dive into maybe what that term self self healers for people that aren't really familiar with sort of the mainstream Instagram uh, life of, you know, the West. A lot of people here have different notions of healing. How can you sort of coin word your sentiment when we speak about self-healing? And what does that mean to you? And what is that your mission from that angle?
1: I actually love, Ali, that you're pointing out all of the different definitions of self-healing and what it could be. Um, Because in my definition, which I'll talk about right now, I welcome all of that. Because what I believe is that each of us humans are unique um, and that for so long, especially the the field that I was trained in, we really were only taught these really universal macro one size fits all models um, that we were then supposed to apply to everyone, you know, in our services, in our office, in our rooms. Um, and what I came to find is that that doesn't work for yeah. us because we are so unique. And part of the problem, as far as I see it, is becoming So disconnected from that Mm -hmm. self. So I love that you are introing the word compassion um, because that really does, um, that's part of the definition of self healing as far as I see it. So, what is self healing? Self healing is individual empowerment. It's taking the the pattern that a lot of us are living where I look outside of myself. This could even be very, and often is very well intentioned loved ones. Hey, best friend, hey, partner, hey, mom who knows me inside and out, what should I do? Obviously, that extends to the doctors we go to, the outside. This isn't me saying that there isn't a place for outside perspective, support, and all of that comes with relationships, because I believe we need them. However, this this means becoming first and foremost connected with ourselves, compassionately, knowing ourselves, being honest and transparent to ourselves by ourselves. Um, And I believe that's how we then can connect more authentically with others. A lot of us have a lot of relationships in our life and maybe we are the people outsourcing, looking to them for answers. Um, But my, my my question of exploration is how authentic are those relationships? Am I really showing up as who I am or am I making compromises to feel safe, to feel secure, to feel connected? really to feel loved because that's what we all want and need. So self-healing is really the path of reconnecting with the self. The self as the source of inner knowing, inner knowledge, and giving us ourselves the space to be authentic, however, and to whomever we're showing up in the
0: world. I love that you mentioned, um, you know, reconnecting, and, and you brought that introspective relationship with parents and people that I you know in a traditional world we 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 really I wouldn't say idolize but we put on a pedestal. So yeah. I know you kind of worked with Middle Eastern clients and you worked with just let's let let's say you know minority uh, you know visible minority clients or BIPOC clients that if even even if they lived in America would be considered sort of in that other category. Now you know, from speaking to thousands of people at schools, from being exposed to so many uh, sort of those category of 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 those people, oftentimes intergenerational trauma seems to be like the the biggest theme, and and especially with you know the modernization of the world and the West and the East and you know sticking to oftentimes, I mean, at Harvard last year, the Arab Harvard conference, the theme was reimagining home. So we almost don't know. What home is, who am I? And like identity is a big crisis. So maybe I want to retarget this question to you and throw you. <laughs> sorry, I don't I hope I'm not throwing you in the deep end here, but like, how, how, do, how does one figure out sort of those patterns and how does one sort of interject these intergenerational traumas and almost how does one sort of separate others' pain and suffering from, from themselves?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great question. And honestly, Ellie, you're not throwing me in the deep end at all. I think about this often. I think about, I talk about patterns and how they are modeled, right, from previous generations. And when we're in childhood, we are such, we are sponge. You'll often hear me, you know, come talk about or describe childhood age, like a sponge. And we really are taking in and learning and our, our neurons and our brain are firing in a very receptive way. And I think a lot of listeners might've heard this, this statement, right? Neurons that fire together, wire together. There's such power in that statement because we start to fire and wire all of these pathways that become these habitual patterned ways of being. And they, again, begin in childhood and I'm of the belief, like, like I'm offering here, is that they are passed down, that our primary home environments, acknowledging that they look very different for all of us, depending on who we are, how we look, where in the world we're born. However, I believe they have a great impact. And many of us flash forward into adulthood, which for some of us is decades, right? Past yeah. this childhood period that I'm describing, we're still repeating those patterns. And I think about this then in the context when I came online, began to share my work, I had no expectation of really, you know, what people were going to do with it. For me, it was wow. an outlet. It was the first time I was speaking about this new holistic model that was becoming my truth. And in my, on a personal side of things, in my journey, a lot of my relationships were shifting, were changing. And I was starting to feel lonely. And I was starting to wonder, are there other people who are struggling in the same way I am and understanding their healing in the same way I am? So I went online. And I share all of that because I was hit in the face with wow, how universally resonating this information is. It wasn't just people in the U.S. that were coming into my DMs and saying, I get it. It wasn't just people who look like me saying, wow, I have the same experience in my family. It was people who were drastically different from yeah. countries, right, all around the world. So I started to very early on understand how universal some of these contexts are or concepts are. And consider what is the effect of, especially when we just, if we want to break two categories of collectivism versus individualism, right? The Mm -hmm. East, the West, the major designating difference. (laughs) And think about how that plays in, right? Can we honor collectivism? Can we honor family or home in a way that I understand is very important. I come from an Italian family. My family mantra was family is everything. I have that in my roots as well. Um, So I consider this often. How can we make space? How can we break these patterns? How can we serve ourselves as authentic creatures serving as well the relationships that matter the most to us, whether it's our collectivist family unit, right? Or the macro, the universe, everyone else out there as well that looks or doesn't look like us.
0: Did you find it hard? Like, like transitioning into, I can imagine when you first started out and you first started to find your true, you know, your truth, your, your identity. And I know you said here in the midst of, you know, crossing that chasm or crossing that gap, uh, you were almost, you're feeling lonely. And then I don't, I don't think that, you know, a lot of people perhaps relate to that. How do you, how do you, how do you switch yourself into feeling okay from completely you know starting that healing journey that self-healer journey because I imagine that you automatically stick to who you are and then you just start saying that those are my core values in my life and that's how I'm going to honor myself every day but you know it's easier said than done so how can someone truly listening to us you know, take away something from, from perhaps your experience or how you would advise perhaps clients on starting that self-healing journey.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to answer this question from the back end to the front. Um, <laughs> cause I want to first speak to the people who don't know what their values are, who don't actually know who they are and what they want. And I speak to this person first, Allie, cause that Absolutely. was me. Absolutely. When asked, I couldn't tell you what I wanted for dinner, let alone what, I didn't think I had a passion, a spark, Mm. a purpose, a thing. I now believe I'm living it every day. Um, So I like to speak to those people first, because I think there's a lot of us out there who have no effing idea who we are or what we are and what we're about. So to them... Um, it's okay not to know. You might be the person who has been outsourcing all of your decisions or choices or, or feelings in life by asking others. So if that's your start point, beautiful. What better thing than a path of discovery, of curiosity? For you, all you need is that, a question, a willingness. The next thing I want to speak to is how uncomfortable change is. None of us are going to like it. None of us, and this is, I think, where it becomes illogical, where I have the clients in front of me that are like, I don't understand these patterns, these habits are ruining my life, my relationships, I'm losing jobs, why can't I stop? Because we don't like to change. All of those, this is how this comes all together, all of those habits and patterns that we've all been repeating since childhood are so strong in our subconscious that When we try, even logically, that's a different part of our mind. When we're thinking logically, when we can review that all of those million times, but that thing didn't work, (laughs) and think about how I'm going to do it this next way, it's going to be different. That's beautiful. We're harnessing the most powerful part of our mind as a human, right? However, the day that comes where I have that choice point to do that old thing or to do the new thing, chances are I'm in that subconscious and I'm allowing that to dictate. However, if I do practice consciousness, that's the foundation here. That's the real answer to this question. We become conscious to ourselves. We become transparent. Mm -hmm. We show up from that different part of our mind to see our choice points, old habit or new habit. And then we practice making that new choice time and time again, despite the discomfort that will come along with it. I call it resistance. It can live in our minds. The endless reasons why this is so silly and it's not really working and all the people I'm letting down because I'm actually taking this time for myself, right? Yeah. All the reasons why not to.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if you're somatic in your body, like I am, we just feel uncomfortable. We could just feel not like ourselves. I just have energy in places I'm not used to. I don't like this. I'm used to me feeling this old way. Mm. And before we know it, we go right back into those old habits. And we feel increasingly more frustrated, possibly even shameful. What the hell is wrong with me? Why can't I change? And we definitely fear, feel the word I began this whole conversation with, disempowered. We don't feel change is possible for us. So the pathway out, and you'll hear me beat this word into the ground, is consciousness. Is learning that difference between when am I on autopilot and when I'm on autopilot, I don't get choice. My subconscious is going to choose those old habits when i'm conscious i gift myself with the possibility of beginning to make new choices and this is where we have to do those two things again practice making new choices despite being uncomfortable consistently over time yeah. because now we really need to lay down some new neural networks we need to fire and wire some new pathways yeah. and this is where i offer anyone who you know in terms of having compassion for yourself think about how long you've been repeating these old habits for me I didn't really begin to evolve and change until I was in my early 30s. So for 30 years, I've been practicing right those same patterns. So this is where I offer you, however old you are, again, never too late. Mm. There's so many people in the self-healing community upwards in their 70s, 80s. I have people who ask me, is it too late? (laughs) No, never too late. Our brains can actually change all of our lifetime long.
0: Wow. Um, I don't, I can pick up so many things you said here in terms of, I I mean, I was just on another podcast for the, basically my friends call it conscious masculinity. You know, it's another term for like, you know, redefining, Mm -hmm. you know, toxic masculinity. They have the, like your first they're called tether mm-hmm. but they were talking about the very similar thing how to break those habits because i know in our culture especially like eastern masculine energy creates a lot of especially for men i get you know a lot of dms because I'm, maybe i'm a man saying all those things it's kind of like what you're weird but you're still like straight but you're still whatever like how come so i think from what you're saying it's it's just conscious living and i think that conscious living requires you to be very attentive to how you feel and reflective as to what those actions are doing and how they're making you feel and what do you need to sort of avoid or sort of part ways for in your life? And I think maybe the next thing that I would love to touch base with you on is what does empathy mean to Dr. Nicole?
1: I love that. I love this question. I love this concept. Um, Empathy to me means the ability to understand from another's perspective, probably one of the hardest skills. That's what it is. It's a practice. Um, Learning how to, because this is what this looks like in in practice in real time. You share with me, Allie, part of your experience, something that happened in your life, your thoughts, your opinions, whatever. I'm listening, right? Can I, this is how we become empathetic, hold space for whatever reaction I might have to what I hear that you're sharing. Maybe it sounds similar to an experience I had. So now I'm going to paint over what you're saying with how it was really for me. And do all of the other things that we do typically when we're trying to listen to another. And what empathy is is holding space for all of that over here. Kind of, yeah. I kind of say containing it, yeah. so that I can actually embody what your experience is like. And I learned this, um, and this is a really pivotal moment very early on, actually, in my clinical training, where speaking to my my own experience with anxiety, uh-huh. I had a, a clinical supervisor, and we were speaking about a client where I had exi- that had anxiety as well. And, and my supervisor urged me in that moment, knowing I had anxiety, you know, as a person, as a human, not to assume that any client that walks into my office sits on the chair in front of me and says, I have anxiety to ask them what they mean. And that might sound so silly. Well, what do you mean? We all know what anxiety, I mean, I'm a clinical psychologist. I should definitely know what anxiety is. However, I don't know what anxiety is for you or for whomever it was in front of me. Mm. And that was such a pivotal moment for me because then I started to think about, how that applies in life
0: Absolutely. and how
1: often, and, and I'll speak, and I, as I often do, how many times I'm not a good listener and I am projecting. That's what projecting is. I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm hearing it through my lens of experience. So if we're really talking about the core concept of empathy, it's the ability to break that habit, to actually hear what you're saying, how that experience was for you. Even if it's drastically, drastically opposite for how I know it would be for me or how it was for me. Maybe it was the same experience. Mm. Empathy is putting my experience just over here for a minute, Mm. not to avoid it altogether, right? Mm. Not to just stuff it down and say that it doesn't matter, but to, for a moment, be able to embody someone else's
0: perspective. Yeah, I mean, to me even I mean, I have this saying in life and in business, empathy always wins and of course there's a boundary here. You can't really take it to extreme like anything else, right? Um I think that um you know, there are many ways to in, you know, corporate empathy in in a, in a professional and I mean, in, a, in the workplace setting, because some people now, I mean, we're now working from home, we're doing so many things, like, where do we draw the line between our personal and our professional lives? And I know boundaries is something that, you know, we can have another entire, like, that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation for another day. But like, I, I find it imperatively important to to have empathy as a leader, to be able to influence people. And that authoritative world that we used to live in no longer exists. Because here's someone like yourself uh, who's been able to sort of listen to your followers, listen to your community. And through that, I've I've been a I've been a follower for for heck for, a, for over a year. And I've seen how you've evolved. And I love the fact that you take action based off of what you're And that's just active listening in another form, right? Through another medium. So I would love, love, love to hear how maybe our audience. I know you have a book coming out. So uh, I'd love to hear how we can grab a hold of it from the other side of the world. And if you can share a little bit of, of how, we, uh, how we can do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really happy you're, you're pointing this out as, a, as an ending note. Uh, Cause I think a lot of times it does get misinterpreted, right, this concept of empathy, um, especially if you come from codependent conditioning, I am that person who outsourced particularly too. You guessed it, that family (laughs) that meant everything, right? Here's how this all comes into, right? Mm -hmm. We can all understand this. Um, I, for a very long time, would use empathy as an explanation. I would explain away what everyone else was doing in the world around me, especially when it affected me, right? When I didn't like that that person didn't call me back or when their behavior did result in me feeling X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. right? What I would do is I would explain it away. I would pull back. I would understand or I would imagine (laughs) I would try to why they did what they did right? Usually some form of, oh, because okay, they're hurt. They don't mean it. It's not really about me in this moment. And I would do that though, almost to, a, to my own detriment. And I found myself explaining away areas, relationships where a boundary a limit yeah. might have benefited me more. So thank you um, for acknowledging that. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, gets wrapped into complicated Absolutely. by cultural, by family, by obligation, and by all of the things. So it is something to consider. Being empathetic, holding space for another's experience that may be different than mine, doesn't require that I act on that. Sometimes I can hold space, acknowledge empathetically, right, what someone is doing, saying, being, and still choose to have a bit of distance in that relationship. Um, so, the new book that I'm that I'm offering is actually about a month away now. Finally, Whoa. feels like it's been a long time coming. Talk about boundaries as a whole yeah. chapter. In there about boundaries, Um, because as a recovering codependent myself, uh, boundaries are an an incredibly important foundational part of my own healing journey. So anyone who's interested, anyone who's struggling in the same way, um, maybe the overly empathetic person out there who explains the way, right? Everyone else's behavior um, will have a whole chapter on empathy. I mean, on boundaries and how that relates to empathy. (laughs) Um, The book itself, right, is really a start to finish. It's my first place where outside of the Instagram squares that have been amazing, I'm able to really lay out um, what my model of holistic healing is. The reasons why we're stuck, all of that childhood conditioning. um, We go into my concept of uh, childhood wounding, of trauma bonds, how that affects our relationships. Um, And obviously then we shift a little bit and we talk about how to work with this and how to create change at the end of each chapter. Um, Because I do want people to be able to live with this book, whether you're interested because you're interested in the concepts or if you're interested in applying the concepts. At the end of each of the chapters, there's exercises, whether there's journal prompts or things to observe oneself in life. I have a few meditations in there. Um, So how to do the work for me is conceptual. Here's the framework. Here's the understanding. Um, I think that's really important. Understanding ourselves as a human. For a lot of us, is the first step of healing. It relieves that shame, that brokenness that so many of us feel because we are stuck yeah. in our lives. So the concepts, the understanding, and I always talk about it, usually in terms of the body, because our body plays such a more foundational role than many of us know and is the reason why many of us are stuck. Yeah. And then, of course, the tools to actually create change, to do what? Love how we can even end on this, empower, to empower ourselves. Um, this is a book that I'm hoping can live with people that you can pick up at different stages of your journey, um, whether or not you're just hearing all of this for the first time and you're maybe just interested and you might pick it up or you're somewhere along the way um, and you might put it down for a bit and then revisit it later as you dive into a new layer of healing. Because I think as a lot of us are starting to realize, it is that journey. It isn't the light switch of, oh, I'm not well in these areas, so I'm just gonna snap my fingers and do things differently. That's typically not the case. It's the journey of healing.
0: Doctor Nicole, I, I can't, I can't uh, put put that into better words. I feel very, very, very lucky to be able to speak with you about, you know, self healing. Um, i think the body keeps score you know that book it's just as you're talking i'm just that's screaming out of my mind so i'm just so happy that that you've come out with a book i think it's very 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 much so the time especially after COVID. and i think many people are now reflecting on themselves more it gave us a lot more time to to be forced Uh, i think mm -hmm. that the the, the benefit of that is is to truly take 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 action so i'll definitely be putting the the pre-link in the show notes below and I just want to say thank you so much for your time. And we'd love to see you sometime out here in the somewhere in the Middle East or North Africa.
1: I would love it. I, I honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed that all of COVID, obviously for many reasons, but my my plan, my grand scheme of things was to, to be on a book tour and obviously to visit um, the Middle East area as well. So definitely in the future, you will see me in Ali. Thank you again for all of the work you're doing, everything that you're doing to, to really elevate
0: the collective. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. This was our episode for the first time in the Middle East and Africa, North Africa region. Dr. Nicole Lapera is debuting her message, and what an honor! I just want to say that, you know, taking a a deep breath in, we as as, as empower as 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 a show have taken a huge step into evolving ourselves and. It is such an honor to be able to share this journey with you and, and really take everything into perspective because not too long ago, I, I seriously, guys, I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't function. And I know this is stemmed from my personal experience, but sometimes, you know, that little kid inside of me always wants to look back and, and say, holy cow, like, wow, crap, I, we did this. We, we did this, you know, I showed up, I I turned things around at a point where I was nearly going to take my own life. You know, I was thinking about it and wow, like I couldn't really think that this was possible. So thank you to everyone listening to this show. I really mean it with my entire heart. And when, whenever I say, hey guys, could you please rate and, and, and uh, subscribe or tell your friends and leave a review, it's to make these guest appearances happen, to be able to rank higher and to be able to have a successful show that truly serves the purpose of the message and that is you know empathy and vulnerability and and really connecting with one another on a very deeper level that always wins so thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart this is a very very big episode for us as as a show as a show that started from a bedroom and is still being recorded right now in my bedroom in Dubai I live in Mertif you know it's it's a family home and it's just, its a, I'm a normal kid and I don't think that's ever going to change when it comes to, you know, being this person because I feel that this is a very overwhelming yet a very humbling experience. So thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is the final message I want to say because you guys have made this happen and um, I am eternally grateful for your support and many bigger bigger things happening inshallah with the will of God that I say, as I say in Arabic um, we can do this and we can bring this message on an international scale and we can include a benefit concert and we can really make some incredible research happen to be able to change the system and to be able to really, really, really get people to understand that mental health is just as important as taking care of anything in your entire life because without it you will and I will never live the life that we truly deserve. And we deserve better education. We deserve better um, access to resources. We deserve to live in families that understand us, that understand the struggles of this century. It wasn't like that, you know, back in the days where people didn't have social media and weren't really consciously bombarded with so many things. We now are in a very difficult time for our brains to consume all that. And when people, parents, families don't understand that, then we definitely do struggle and suffer. And therefore, the self-healing community, the Empathy Always Wins community, the Empower community, the Ali Salama, Instagram account, all those platforms are serving this message and this purpose. So once again, thank you so much. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple. And you guys are seriously the best. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and on a very, very, very lovely, beautiful, beautiful Friday morning EST time. And on a Thursday, 11th of February at 10 p.m., we're recording this to a better, um, more successful journey. And I couldn't honor you guys for giving me the time to listen to this. Thank you.